because we have seen quarterbacks who have had injuries as gruesome as his that they never come back on the mental side of it. Welcome Welcome. to the show that's for all things sports and only sports. Each week, Dan and Drew break down sports' biggest moments and best action. Pass is intercepted at the goal line. Oh my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back. This is the Dan and Drew Show. There it is, a win for the ages. Here are your hosts, Dan and Drew Walker. All right, everyone. Dan and Drew are back this week for a Dan and Drew episode. We're going to get it rolling today. We're going to talk about the remaining 16 teams in the NFL. We're going to talk about the AFC and NFC East and also the AFC and NFC West. So if you're a team we haven't talked about, stay tuned. We'll get into it. But let's start out with soccer a little bit, a little football. As you would say, across the pond, I want to talk about this Lionel Messi and this Ronaldo situation. Dane, for you, you, you'll watch soccer. You're not Mm -hmm. really big into it. You're not invested. You really only watch it when it's the World Cup. Maybe yep. even the Olympics. Yep. For me, I'm a little more invested. I'm not invested as I used to be. Uh, it's just, man, soccer is forever changing. Uh, I feel like it's changing more so than American sports. Well, first off, hello, everyone. I am Dan. Thank you so much for asking how I was, Drew. Uh, when it comes to soccer specifically, you are correct. Uh, the reason why it's hard for me to follow soccer in the way that you do is there's just so much. There's so much soccer around the world and so many different leagues. And even within the U.S., there's, you know, MLS, and then we have all of the, I guess you could say, farm teams within that or uh, lower divisions. Um, So it's it's a lot to handle. However, even though I don't follow it to the uh, same extent that you do, I'm not inept, okay? I'm not inept. I, I, I know that Messi leaving to go to Paris Saint-Germain, that was a big deal. Ronaldo to go back to Manchester United, that was a big deal. Um, and they kind of came in at the last minute uh, after his uh, chances of going to... Yeah, because I thought he, I thought Man City was going to get him. Yeah. Uh, and then I was in the middle of a conversation with someone that I was kind of uh, volunteering with. We were talking about it. And then the news that Man U got him. Like this shifted from Man City to Man U in the matter of fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's great. He's going back to where his his career uh, started. Well, yes yeah, and picked no. Up, picked yes. up, yes, because technically up. didn't start in Man U, yes. but he wasn't relevant before Man U. Exactly. Um, so to this an is, extent, this is this is great. So I'm going to refer to you, Drew. What is your opinion on both of these? I mean, they are arguably the best two soccer players. To ever play the sport, yeah. You you yourself believe that Lionel Messi is the greatest. So, and I have a have an asterisk with that. When we ranked all time goats, I said Messi is the greatest uh, soccer player of all time, but I prefer Ronaldo. I will say that Messi makes everyone around him better, may, elevates him on another level more so than what Ronaldo does. But they play vastly different styles of football. They have to. They have over their career. That's why you can't really compare them, but you can. It's it's a it's a weird uh, dichotomy, but so if we look at Ronaldo, I'm extremely thrilled that he's going back to Old Trafford. I was very happy. Dan texted me asking me my response. You guys saw on Instagram if you saw it. 
I'm happy. I, it's watchable for me. Uh, if I had to pick a league that I'm most that I most enjoy watching, it'd probably be the Premier League. Now I'm a Byron fan. I I support Byron, but overall the Bundesliga isn't really that enjoyable to watch. I prefer watching the Premier teams face off. I think the rivalries they have is greater than any other league uh, on the planet. So for Ronaldo to go back to where his career really quote unquote started, it is great for them. The reason why I like this versus Messi, I think Messi, this kind of hurts his, his legacy in a way. He went to a team that's already a super team. Like, like PSG was already world's head of a lot of teams within within football. You already had Neymar, you had Mbappe, you had Di Maria, you had Navas is one is a still a top goalkeeper. You got all these players that Messi wants to go play with. And I don't know how it's gonna pan out. You it everybody like can it sounds like the <laughs> NBA. Um, it sounds like the Lakers. Not everybody's gonna be able to touch the ball. Messi made his debut the other day, uh, subbed off with Neymar. And Mbappe had two goals. So there's, they're trying to get him in the swinging things. I understand that trying to get his fitness up, but I think that's like really a cop out where Ronaldo said, you know what? I'm going to go back to a team that like pretty much worshiped me. And, but I deserve that worship because how well he played before he went to um, Real Madrid. If you saw Dan, when they, when man, you posted that on Instagram, it became the most liked sports post in the history of Instagram. Mm. When when they posted it like "Welcome Home Ronaldo" or something like that, it it I think it had like over twenty million likes. I think you can double check me as you're looking at your phone. Um, it's it's probably twenty posts down because they post all the time. Honestly, if it was me, I would be wanting to go play for Man U over PSG for the history and just the the league and. Uh, that's just my personal opinion. Some people would rather go play with PSG. That's fine. I wouldn't. How many likes are on that? Uh, 13 million likes. Um, sorry, I was short by 7 million. My <laughs> apologies. It's still the most liked sports post in the history of Instagram, uh, which tells you something. It tells you that people want Ronaldo at Main U. And I get the the rivalry that they have in London with other teams, but on the outside, if... I, I mean, I'm not going to bet my bottom dollar that anybody across the pond is listening to our podcast. Just in case you are, Man U is a pretty big team outside of, of Europe. Uh, it's very big in America. I think you could put Chelsea in there too. Um, but but a lot of people are Ronaldo fans. Like I, I'm secretly going to be pulling for Man U because of how much I like Ronaldo. But again, he's not the greatest soccer player of all time. I still think that's messy. At this this point, it's I feel like Messi now he's he is kind of chasing money because he's getting paid like forty million dollars this season and next season, but he might be chasing a Champions League where Ronaldo's like, I've already won the Champions League a couple times. I'm one of the wealthiest athletes on the planet. I'm gonna go back to where I had the most fun, and I'm just gonna go back to Old Trafford and and finish my career there probably. All right, and you know we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, soccer is similar to golf in that they play all year long practically. Yeah, and, and speaking of golf, this past weekend we had the BMW Championship. I am sorry to our listeners. I called it Invitational last week. That is my bad. The BMW Championship, which was outside of Baltimore, Maryland, and it was yeah. I, I want to talk about that real quick. What? So the un, the uh, owner of Under Armour mm-hmm. was being interviewed by NBC or Golf Channel, whatever. It's the same thing about how like this golf course and people get to see uh, what Baltimore really is and how beautiful it is and all that stuff. And I'm like. 
dude, that's because you're not going the other side of Baltimore. Yeah. When I had a when I had a lacrosse tournament up there when I was coaching, we stayed in the in the in the side of Baltimore. You do not go out and you lock your doors. I was paranoid the whole night. I didn't sleep at all (laughs) because we were on the bad part of Baltimore. And he's sitting there talking like it's his most pristine, beautiful place in Maryland. I'm like, Dude, you are you are out of touch. But anyways, that's just something that I was kind of thinking in my head when he was talking about it. Well, you know, within all urban or metropolitan areas, there are some segments that are beautiful. And in Balt- Baltimore's case, the the harbor. Yeah. Uh, and outside there's, I mean, even with the city we live in, there's certain areas that we just wouldn't be safe. But we digress. The BMW Championship, we had another weekend of playoff golf. We had one this past weekend, the BMW, between Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantley, the week before, we had Tony Finau and Cam Smith, and then the one to wrap up the regular season, the Wyndham, where we had six players, the one that you and I attended, Drew. Correct. Like, man, if you love golf, these past three weekends have been amazing. And this playoff between Bryson and Patrick, uh, I think you and I are both happy for Patrick winning uh, the BMW Championship as they go into the final I mean, I, honestly, I didn't, I didn't care who won. I just think they both missed easy opportunities. More so, Bryson yeah, missed, missed more easy opportunities. He like, had to three lip outs. Yeah, he uh, he he struggled. Um, you know, Patrick Cantley. I don't know. I feel like if you had to give me one person to hang out with, I would choose not to hang out with either one of these guys. Like, I just think that they are kind of uh, personality wise. I don't have interest in, well, in like them. If you listen, great to, golfers, but yeah, well, personality wise, it's it's very well known that Patrick, when he's playing, he doesn't talk to anyone. Uh, he takes his sweet old time. Yeah. I'm like, well, you don't want to talk to anyone and you take your sweet time? No, thank you. Well, I don't want to with you. And he likes to walk when uh, Bryson DeChambeau gets in his approach swing because mm-hmm. he told uh, he told him to stop walking because I, I can see you walking. Stop walking. Uh, so that was uh, enjoyable to see. I, I think we need to see more of that. Like There are some players who have no consideration for other golfers when they're approaching their shot. And so I will agree with Bryson calling him out on that. Stop walking. Stop moving around. Your shot's done. Let me do mine. But that does lead us into next weekend where we will be in Atlanta for the final round of the FedEx Cup. Uh, at this point, we only have 30 golfers to worry about, which Drew is is nice. That Our tee times aren't until about 11.50, 11.40 in the morning, uh, whereas normally they're about 7.30. It's, a, it's 11, 11.40 to be exact. Okay, well, thank you so much. That was off the top of my head. Good for me. Uh, but 30 golfers, only two pairings, or excuse me, only two-person pairings. Uh, again, I'm rooting for my guy consistently. Hey, he still made the cut. Victor Hovland, he is still in there. Abraham Answer, he is still in there. Uh, so those Patrick Reed, guys, still in there despite not playing for the past okay, three or four tournaments. That's Okay. You and I talked about this with our, we have a, a group of golfers and that we can, you know, talk about golf uh, consistently. How is it that you miss the Wyndham, which is the last championship of the regular season? You miss the past two weekends, which within the uh, FedEx Cup is there's a cutoff each week. It, the the field gets smaller and smaller. It's a playoff. That's it's literally playoff. what it is. Yes, it's a playoff, and he manages for three consecutive weeks to miss, and he is the last spot. If I'm number thirty one. Or 32 or 33, I am peeved. Yes, but then you have to look at it from Patrick's point of view. Before those three that I missed, yeah, I played well throughout the season. He, he, absolutely. That's the whole point is yes. throughout the season. I know. I know that is uh, – I'm not saying that they're justified in being mad. Yeah. But that does make sense that <laughs> – 
how how bad has your play been that a guy who hasn't played in the past three weeks manages to sneak in? Yeah. So it, it, it's on it's on those players. Uh, but you know we know Patrick Reed. If, look, his uh, he's very well known for his good short game. Uh, the other aspects, um, he's been well at. I think that a lot of it has to do with his uh, his uh, ethics. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Patrick Reed has just snuck in there. Uh, number one in the spot is Patrick Cantley. That has a lot to do with the fact that he won this past weekend. But Bryson, he he came in second, and yet he's only third in the state. Yeah, I don't like that. I, I, I don't like that if you finish second in the playoff, that you automatically get bumped down to third. That happened with Cameron Smith, too, when he was with Tony Fina last week. He mm-hmm. went from going to a playoff with Tony Fina, loses, and then he gets to third. That makes zero sense. Mm-hmm. They should automatically put second. Now, it doesn't matter when you're first or second, but what if one day it did matter where you were trying to squeak into the next round, but if you were in second, you would have moved on, but third position kicks you out. Do you, you know? like that? Do you like the the way that the FedEx or, excuse me, yes. the PGA has changed? Now it's the last week is stroke play in that you, you were given strokes. It's not based off of points anymore. Yeah. It's now based off of starting strokes. So Patrick, because he's in first, he automatically starts out minus 10. Yeah. Second place is minus eight. Third place is minus seven. And then it goes down all the way to 30. Yes, I like it. And the reason why is because you're rewarding these players for playing well. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, I think that's what needs to happen. It's just like what I was talking about with you, a couple other guys. It's just like football or baseball or hockey, home field advantage or home ice. Mm-hmm. That stuff is important. So we get advantages in other sports. The only way that people are going to get an advantage in golf is strokes. So I like it now. I think 10, goodness gracious, if you're already starting out minus 10, and then it trickles down, so it goes like minus 8, 7, 6, 5, goes all the way down to minus 1. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Colin uh, Morikawa only has like one stroke or something, or I I think think his is two. It's minus two. Two or three. It's not that much, but this, this stack that or this field that we have is stacked, and... Man, if you, like Patrick Reed, you're the last person that squeaked in, you would have to play a historical round to even make it in the top five because you are automatically starting 10 strokes behind and you haven't even played a single round yet. Mm -hmm. You have to play the best game of your entire career, if not ever, out of anyone to even win the uh, tour championship. Uh, That would be quite something to come back from double pneumonia and, and win. Yeah. Uh, but even even at the 30th spot, he's guaranteed more than $350,000. Yeah. And a spot on the U.S. Open, the Open, the Masters, the World Golf Championship. Yeah, it continues to keep all his cards in those areas. Mm-hmm. What I'm fascinated with this course, though, with it being in Atlanta, it's at the East Lake Golf Course, one of the most well-known courses in America. It's a par 70, but it's 7,300 yards. That's a very Ooh. long course for only having 70 strokes. Uh Get but those I, drivers out, buddies. I'm looking forward to though. I like when we see golf where there's no cuts, that you have 30 guys for all four days. It's just like the Olympics. I really enjoyed that. You, you're giving everybody no excuse because there's a thing where you could play really poor on that Thursday and play really, really well on Friday and then miss the cut. Where now, if that's the case, if they play really well on Friday, we'll get to see if they can follow that up. So I, I am excited about that aspect. Dan and I are going to take a quick break. On the other side of it, we're going to talk about some news that broke earlier this week. We're going to get into what you guys are here for the podcast for. Break down the remaining 16 teams in the NFL. We'll be right back. Show break. Got social media? Give Dan and Drew a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'd love to hear from you. 
Now, back to the show. Okay, so Dan, earlier this week, we learned that Cam Newton has been cut by the New England Patriots. So that's going to be the first team that we're going to actually talk about. Let's talk about the AFC first. Mm-hmm. And I actually have I have that team. So I'll kind of give my opinion in regard to it first. Cutting Cam Newton, I'm not a fan of that. I am a fan of Mac Jones starting. I think Mac Jones did everything he you yeah. know, could and has done to mm-hmm. earn that starting job. The, the games that he played in preseason, we know this guy can be a future star for the New England Patriots. Is he ever going to be better than Tom Brady? No, I don't think anybody is. Cutting Cam Newton was a complete shock to me. I think that at very least, make him a backup. You can cut Brian Hoyer or Jared Stidham. Get them out of there. Why is Cam Newton being cut? And people say, well, it's going to save him salary crap. Screw that. Cam Newton is better than Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham put together. He can throw mm. with his left hand and still be better than both of them. <laughs> so I like and and I like his leadership, his competitiveness. I, I think that was kind of the wrong move. But again, I'm not Bill Belichick. Uh, I'm not the GM slash head coach. We need to be more concerned in other areas of this roster, more so the offensive side in regard to skill players. Defense, that's fine. I'm not worried about their defense at all. Dante Hightowers is said. Calvin Noy is back. J.C. Jackson, all pro-type players. I'm not worried about them. I'm worried about the fact that your best wide receiver right now is probably Nelson Aguilar. Nikhil Harry was someone that they drafted first round a couple of seasons ago. He hasn't panned out because he can't be healthy. So I'm very concerned. Now, the running backs... You have a running back in Jacoby Myers who is a running back slash wide receiver. So that really kind of tells you where they stand when it comes to the receivers. I'm not confident on that aspect. The running backs are fine. You have Damian Harris, who's who's really good. James White, we all know about him. I think New England is going to be fine, especially in the AFC East because it's really between Buffalo and the Patriots. I don't think Miami... Miami's getting there. I'm not confident with, uh, with, uh, with Tua. I know you're going to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And then I don't need to worry about the Jets. The Jets haven't done anything to make a leap surpassing the Bills or the Patriots. You know, the, the Patriots have a long history of taking one team's trash and turning it into Patriots treasure. They did that with uh, Tom Brady consistently. Um, we don't know if that philosophy will work with Mac Jones. It helps to have Josh McDaniels calling the offense. It helps to have Bill Belichick as your head coach. Um, defensively last year, they were in a much different position. A lot of their defensive starters uh, opted out because of COVID. They're back this year. Yeah. And that is a big asset for their defense. I think that's truly going to help them this year. If you were, we'll talk about fantasy next week, uh, but if you're looking for a good defense, you can take Patriots again this year. Now, granted, it's going to take a couple weeks before they get into rhythm, um, but they're a great defense. Yeah, once they get into rhythm, they always finish top five in the league. So offensively, that's where I'm concerned. Look, it was very evident preseason that Mac Jones was going to be the starter. I don't know anyone who thought that Cam Newton would start over Mac, but to cut Cam Newton, I'm surprised just as you are, Drew. uh, Why not have him as insurance, especially on a rookie quarterback? But with the the Patriots, look, you were chasing far behind. You were chasing the Bills and the Dolphins at this point. Uh, But... You know, we have that last year was the first year we had an, an extra spot in wild card. Patriots may be competing, maybe competing, but 
uh, the AFC is far superior than the NFC. I really like the Patriots and how they look going forward. I think them drafting Mac Jones was you and I actually, I don't know if you picked them to draft Mac Jones. I know I did. It's a, it's a right move. They, they needed to draft a quarterback. Cam Newton wasn't obviously going to be the long-term solution. I also didn't think he was going to be cut. They have a lot of potential and I really like the, the dynamic of their rosters. I think defense, I do believe they're going to finish the season top five. I think they have the, the pieces. They have the players, Matt Judon getting him from Baltimore was a huge steal in free agency. That's someone that I wanted on our team. We didn't get him. That's fine. Lawrence Guy, uh, he's a stud as well. I mean, this defense from top to bottom, I don't really see a glaring hole. Stephon Gilmore is still there. Devin McCourty. It's a really good roster, mm-hmm. and I like it defensively. If you haven't drafted the Patriots, you should do it. Do you, now, for me, well, actually, I'm not going to spoil because we're going to talk about our draft next week. But do you think that they could potentially trade Stephon Gilmore before in the middle of the season? I mean, it's going to be starting relatively it depends, soon. It depends uh, what teams are willing to give up because, you know, he has a big contract. Yes, he does. So it, it's, it's our team's going to be willing to, you know, bite the bullet on that. And you might have a team that's on the outside looking. It might be something like Green Bay. You know, Green Bay could be a team that they're willing to eat his contract for a little bit. Now, knowing how Green Green Bay operates, that's not going to happen because they are not a team that does that. But they they could be a team that is willing to eat his contract to have a all pro cornerback to carry them through the playoffs. So traveling just a, a few a few miles down the road, let's go to the Meadowlands in New Jersey, the New York Jets. Uh, this season, they've had uh, some big change personnel-wise. They have a new head coach, Robert Sala, who was fantastic last year in San Francisco. How on earth he managed to have a top 10 defense after the laundry list of injuries. Uh, just as a That's testament. why he got the head coaching that's, job. <laughs> that's why he got the head coaching job in New Jersey. Um, defensively, uh, they traded for Shaq Lawson from Houston earlier this week. I think that was a good move, a good veteran presence. Yeah. I don't think that Shaq is the level of talent that he was early in his career, uh, but at least it uh, provides that presence uh, with a veteran. Sure. Uh, that's good. And with you know, having a defensive-minded coach, uh, that connection is going to work well for them. Offensively, I'm concerned. You have a new you have a new rookie quarterback in Zach Wilson. Uh, that's great. Corey Davis over from Tennessee. That was a great addition. You know, Keelan Cole, Jacksonville. Here's the thing, Drew. Look at their depth chart when it comes to running back. Go ahead, just... Just tell me, tell me, well, I, don't, I don't even care the depth. Just tell me they're starting running. Well, back. the only reason why I know this is because of our draft, but Tevin Coleman. Okay. And because he a, came over from San Fran. That's concerning to me. Yeah. You know why? Because yes, he was out with injury last year. He only played eight games. Okay. Yeah. But in those eight games, he scored zero touchdowns. Your starting running back is a running back who was on injury for most of the season last year and mm-hmm. scored zero touchdowns when he did play. That's concerning. Not only do you have a rookie quarterback, yes, uh, wide receiver wise, he they're they're on the up and up, but running back, you still need that balance within. This is a pass first league, but you still need that balance. Yeah. Uh, defensively, they're they have a great defensive line. They're working in that direction, but at no point in this season will I be concerned about facing the Jets. If any team, any team that is facing them. I'm not concerned about the Jets. And that's why I'm talking about, like, I think defensively they're okay. I think acquiring Shaq Lawson was good. Quentin Williams is, he's still a stud player. Um, CJ Mosley from, you know, Baltimore a couple seasons ago was a, was a good acquisition for them. And I think because he's been there now and kind of been around these guys for, for a minute, 
that you have that guy defensively who has, who offers this presence that, um, that people can't ignore defensively. They're better offensively. Look, Zach Wilson as as much as I want him to succeed. He's someone that I don't have confidence enough that he's going to be able to come in and, and revolutionize the jets in his first season. Uh, well, I don't I know mean, anybody. I think you could put even a veteran quarterback there and I don't think they're going to really, you know, change how the jets uh, are playing. It's going to be a process. I think Robert Saylor is a good head coach uh, that they hired in the off season. Obviously he was a defensive coordinator previously, but wherever he was, it worked at uh, the jets. There's potential, but I'm not even, I'm not even think that you're going to sniff close to six wins. Okay, so last week we discussed what what do we see in in terms of the future of the team. So before we go any further, what do you see in the future with the Patriots this coming season? I think that they're going to compete for that last playoff spot. Okay, and, if and not if not the second one, right? Mine uh, with the Jets is spoiler alert for next week. You're last in your division. That's I don't think that's a, a surprise to anyone. No, no, that's okay. fair. The Jets will be last. Um, Maybe you'll sniff four wins. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's quite refreshing the fact that Adam Gates is no longer the head coach. Robert Saylor has a completely different demeanor uh, than Adam Gase. And I, I love a coach a that runs the bleachers before every game mm-hmm. to to pump himself up. So I mean, let me get some cardio before I go out down there and rip some heads off. I think head coach wise, they're in the they're in the right direction, but they are obviously cliche. They're rebuilding. Yeah. And I don't, um, again, I don't see them coming close to six wins. So they might be that five win mark. I, I like the realistic thinking that you're going with it with, with four wins. Not confident with them. A team I am confident in, though, are the Buffalo Bills. Everyone circle the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Mm. <laughs> Josh Allen, what he did last season, MVP-like year. A lot of people think he should have won MVP. You being one of them, but I, you said very early in the season last year he should have won yeah, or should I, win. I was very high on Josh Allen earlier in the season, and I he was he lived up to it. Where is that graphic where I had my preseason MVP picks? Who was on there? Y'all look on Instagram. Go to the Dan and Drew show. Go very you know obviously before the season. Keep scrolling. Preseason MVP picks. Josh Allen was on there. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't have this bandwagon halfway through the season. I had it before the season started. And Dan and I are going to produce our preseason MVP picks and offensive players, defensive players, all that stuff. Coach of the year. We're going to get all that for you. Next week is going to be a loaded episode. We're going to cram it all in. We're going to make it good for you guys. But let's talk about the Buffalo Bills. Stefan Diggs was a great acquisition for them. I think what they were able to do with him last year, him and Josh Allen were like two peas in a pod. I mean, they, they were... They were Buffalo Wings and Ranch. I mean, it was like a beautiful thing to be a part of and to see. I love seeing it. I think Cole Beasley is a really good slot wide receiver that is can be dynamic in most points. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, it speaks for itself. It seems like he goes to every Super Bowl contending team. I don't know how he's able to do it. It'd be a trade or free agency. He he just that's what he does. Offensive line, you know, they're solid. I think uh, they're they're tight in situation. Is improving. I like it. It's way better than it was a couple seasons ago. The running back situation, I feel like it's a bunch of people that have the ability to play running back, but there's not any one of them that is really that star, that that like forerunner on a team. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, Matt Britta, they're they're all good. 
Look, we we had our uh, live in person draft this past weekend. If you saw on Instagram, you saw some pictures from that. But Drew, I don't think a single person drafted a running back from Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Moss. What one guy? Uh, maybe I, th- uh, I think Dan Z- drafted Zach Moss. I'm pretty uh, sure he did. Okay, well, you know, shout out Dan. Maybe Dan drafted him. Not this Dan, different Dan. Oh, not you, Dan. Oh not, yeah, not you, Dan. The other Dan. Yeah. And then, but not the other Dan that was there. No, you know, it was funny. We had this is sidetrack guys uh, and gals, if you're listening, 12 guys, we had three Dans, two Andrews and three, two, John, no, three Johns and three Johns. But, but what was funny is one of the Johns or one of his, one of the Dan's real name was John, like his first real name. Yes. So then we we and couldn't have like, a guy whose middle name was John. Yeah. So, but things we had one Chris and one Michael. Those are like the two most common names. Anyways, we digress. Uh, but you know, running back wise, you don't go to the Buffalo Bills for fantasy for running no, back. No, it just doesn't. They're, they're they throw the ball way too much. Way too much. So defensively, I think they're okay. I mean, Star Lutulule, if he can stay healthy, I think he's a good you know interior defensive lineman there. Uh, you know, Tre'Davious White, he's a stud. Micah Hyde's good. Jordan uh, Poyer's good. They're fine defensively, and I think even special teams, they have the ability to be uh, one of the best. Only I think Isaiah McKenzie is uh, really dynamic back there. Uh, Buffalo, I have no problem, though. What I see them going throughout the season, they're going to win the division. That's where I have them now. I think that they're going to win comfortably by two or three games even. Uh, I think they they can be that 13-14 win team this season. If you're a Buffalo Bills fan, I, this is the you should be more excited than you have in the past at least 20 years. Yeah. Well, granted, it's only until recently that you started going to the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, but this, you know, Josh Allen is pretty much what everyone was hoping for when he was drafted. This is the They gave him a lot of dirt his first two seasons. I'm like, dude, you got to think. He came to a team that was poop. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they made poop even look like poop. I mean, it was it was bad. Give him some time. I knew, I really liked him coming out of uh, Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Awful jerseys, but yes. Yeah, terrible color palette. Whoever, whoever, whoever has that up there needs Speaking to be Speaking of poop, they look like poop. They do. I don't know who designed that. And they're, what, making it look like mountainy and yeah, horses it's, it's, and it's all that good. stuff? No. No. Next team in the AFC East is I have the Miami Dolphins. As of this point, Tua Tagovailoa is the starter. I said that on my first try. Go me. Uh, he's Dang, the I was really but, hoping it was going to be Jacoby Brissett. But, kidding. question for you, Drew, is... Do you potentially see a Deshaun Watson trade? The reason Would why love I asked that. Love it. The reason why I asked that is because every time Brian Flores, the head coach, is asked a question, he dances around it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have any well, interest what do you in know? Deshaun, he, he came from New England. What do you expect? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. Uh, he dances around it. If you don't have any interest, it's not hard to say no. So clearly there is some trade talks with Houston. Houston is asking a lot for Deshaun Watson. Rightfully so, though. Yeah. He is still less than he's not. He's twenty six years old. But I like that Miami is like saying, okay, if you want a lot of this, because apparently they're out of it, but they're still in it. It's weird, but they are asking for picks protection in case Deshaun Watson gets like busted or something. Mm -hmm. They want to protect themselves, which is smart. That's good. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, the thing is with Houston, I don't understand why they don't do that. I mean, I'm not Joe Manager, but. If he gets busted as well, you're not going to play him. Exactly. So why not trade him? Why not? Yeah. Why not take that gamble, if you will? Because there's uh, even if he's fully healthy, which he is, even if even if he plays every game, you guys aren't coming close to the playoffs. No, there's no. So anyway, well, 
Didn't we talk about Houston? Last, we, we talked talk, about Houston yeah, last week. Houston. Oh yeah, I did. I said I only have two points, and yeah. they're not going to be able to do anything. But uh, this new, recent news just broke with the Dolphins and Deshaun Watson, so I think it's important we touch on it. Uh, but you know, Tua is the starter at this point. Last year he wasn't. Remember, it was a competition with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and and in typical Fitzmagic fashion, he starts out as the starter in the beginning of the season does really well. And then the reason why he's been on 20 different teams or whatever the number is, is, is he stinks halfway through his, his little so, season of work and Tua took over. Well, this is Tua's job to lose, uh, in this season. Um, but with Miami offensively, they're in the middle of the pack with the AFC. I said that the AFC is shoulders, head and shoulders above the NFC, especially when it comes yeah. to offensive talent. Yep. Uh, Miami, if they were in the NFC, maybe the situation would be different. But within the AFC, they are middle of the pack offensively. They have a great tight end, great running back, great weapons for wide receiver. Defensively, they're strong. We saw how good they were this past season. Uh, they have a great kicker. Uh, so they have everything they need. Jason McCourty, a veteran presence that comes down from New England that worked with Brian Flores. Yeah, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, they have a really good mm -hmm. defense that I'm very happy about. But I want to talk about Mike Gesicki. I think he's one of the over he's underrated, most, most overlooked tight ends in the NFL. The guy is so good. I think running back situation, uh, unlike Buffalo, I think their three running backs are better as far as my, you know, Miles Gaskin and Malcolm Brown and, and Selvon Ahmad, like, they are they are good acquisitions. Those are kind of maybe some fantasy, you know, if if you need like waiver wire type stuff. Back then we called it hogs of the week. I think we're gonna have to change something up, Dan. I don't know what we're gonna name. If you guys have ideas of what we should name our like fantasy waiver wires, uh, let us know. Give us some creative names because I really liked hogs of the week mm -hmm. and you know people that you know that you were kind of looking forward. But Miami. Devontae Parker, if he can be healthy, he's older, but he's still good. Will Fuller, you know, he's going to be out the first five or six games of the season because of his PED use. Um, and then Albert Wilson, he came over from Kansas City. He's a good wide receiver as well. And that was a couple seasons ago. But uh, nonetheless, like a rhinestone cowboy. Let's talk about the Cowboys. So Dak Prescott, apparently he's not fully healthy yet. Apparently, that's what they're saying. If Dak Prescott is healthy, I'm very excited for this team. If he's not, it's going to be Cooper Rush. I mean, the, what, what is their deal with drafting players that have these unique names? Mm. Offensive uh, talent, I think, man, we Ezekiel Elliott, yes, he hasn't been the player that he once was. He's still uh, a very high talent. Offensive line, I think they're getting better. There's still some things that they need to work on. Michael Gallup is good. C.D. Lamb is good. Amari Cooper is fine. Like, they're not hurting. Then you have Blake Jarwin, who's back. Remember last year he got hurt, ended his season early. I think... Well, like, remember offensively, before Dak got hurt, there was a historic offense. It, yeah, and it wasn't going to be maintainable throughout the whole season, but it was it's historic. Great start. Yeah. great start. The problem is their defense was also at a historic start, too, in yeah. a bad way. Yeah. I mean, it was, mm -hmm. it was bad, but I really love the pick of Micah Parsons, from Penn State in the first round pick, the fact that he even dropped that far is mind ball, you know, mind blowing to me. Yeah. Jalen Smith is a stud. Uh, Vander Esch, if he can be healthy, he's kind of again like that Sean Lee, where he's a really good uh, linebacker, but he, so can't, he can't stay, stay healthy. healthy. That's a problem. They're going to have to address that and make sure that they have depth within that position. I'm I'm fine with Dallas. I think that they have the potential, the easy potential to win the NFC East. 
There's not another team in there that I'm confident with. Yes. Um, there's one team maybe that'll uh, give them some competition. You know, the biggest obstacle with the Cowboys is, is one thing, Drew, and that is what is Dak's mental state? Yeah. Because we have seen quarterbacks who have had injuries as gruesome as his that they never come back on the mental side of it. Yeah. Their body heals, but the mental obstacle of overcoming the fact that you had this injury and being able to play like you did before it. That's what I want to know with Dak. That's my concern. What is his mental state with this injury? Yeah. Um, and, and that'll be a, a big uh, question for him to answer with the Cowboys this year. Yes. That division is so weak. I mean, we saw they, we had a team that wasn't even uh, near 500 who almost made uh, the playoffs by winning the division in the NFC East last year. I think that's the situation's a little different, but yes, with with the Cowboys, that's my biggest question mark for them. It also helps that defensively, yeah, they were historically bad last year, but they hired Dan Quinn, their uh, defensive coordinator, who was released uh, as the head coach of the Falcons. He is now running the defense. I'm excited for that defense that Dan Quinn is doing that. There are head coaches out there who are just not head coach material, but they're amazing coordinators. Yeah. And I think that could be his situation. So we'll see what happens with their defense. They had uh, some additions on personnel and uh, within players. They're heading in the right direction. Offensively, that's not their problem. With Dak, you got so many weapons. Who are you going to throw it to? So that's like we said last week with the Titans. That's a good problem to have. You have so many weapons. Who do you throw it to? Yeah, it's kind of like Kansas City and Kansas kind of City. Mm-hmm. foreshadowing in a little bit when Dan talks about them. So uh, we're back in the Meadowlands with uh, the New York Giants. You know, Saquon Barkley missed the entire season last year simply because of the grass that he was running on. Uh, it was turf. I, I'm a firm believer in that they need to uni- universally make the grass in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You need to make it grass, not this turf crap. You need to make it a requirement that all 32 NFL teams have grass. Yeah, so we had a, a lot of players last year injured because of turf. Saquon Barkley uh, succumbed to uh, as one of those injuries. Uh, but he missed an, almost an entire full season last year. I'm always nervous, especially fantasy-wise, drafting players who had um, out for an entire season. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. So I wouldn't draft him. So some people do. They draft him as one of their the top uh, running backs. I wouldn't do that. Especially also look at who your quarterback is. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley has Danny Dimes or Danny Bag of Nichols, as I like to call him, as his quarterback. But I'm not dude, they dis- got the stud Mike Glennon backing him up. Yeah. Six foot eight with a six foot eight neck. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, he's all neck. And, yeah. Uh, uh, well, anyways, uh, I'm not enthusiastic about Danny. Uh, Daniel Jones never have wasn't even enthusiastic when he was at Duke. Their starting offensive line started in the preseason, uh, but they were awful. So I hope that is not a precursor or um, a prophetic act of what their season is going to look like, because if it is Saquon's in trouble and so is Danny, but I do love, there's one aspect of this team that I truly like, and that is Joe judge, his personality. I honestly would be um, scared to be coached by Joe judge. The way that he uh, communicates with his players, first off, he's got uh, he makes a sailor look like a nun. He is got a full potty mouth yeah. for sure. But when his players were fighting each other on the practice field a couple of weeks ago, and he made them run and run again and run again and run again, and I'm like, he's gonna kill one of these players. If you've ever seen the movie Miracle, when he had them go from one end to the ice again and again, more than 20 times. I'm like, that's what it feels like. Like someone on this field is going to collapse and have 
<laughs> don't fight. And yeah. So uh, I love that personality. I think that's really good um, with the Giants. However, I, I don't think that it's a, they're in the, well, we'll talk about my prediction for where they'll rank within the division. This is one of those teams where I'm just not excited about. I'm not, I'm not like, man, you guys are horrible, but I'm not excited about it either. Yeah. I mean, defensively, I think they're in a much better position. Uh, Blake Martinez is good. They acquired Odori Jackson in the offseason from Tennessee, par- you know, partner back up with uh, Logan Ryan. Uh, it just James Bradbury with Carolina. I mean, you have these players that, yeah, they had some, they made the name for themselves with previous teams. And so uh, the Giants are kind of um, recycling them in a way, hoping that they rejuvenate their careers. I think Evan Ingram is a top tight end in the league. Uh, I would put him in the top 10 argument, maybe just outside of it. Danny Bag and Nichols. And Dan, you need to trademark that because you've been saying that forever. And it's funny. It, it's, and it's funny. Yeah. Uh, he's not worth even a nickel. I mean, th- I want him to do well. I wanted him to do well. It's just, he's not good. But the thing is, Mike Glennon is so bad. You can't start him over Danny. They have to do something with the quarterback situation. I was really hoping that they were going to address it in, in either free agency or in the draft. And they didn't. But yes, I'm a firm believer like you, Dan. Anytime a running back has an injury that ends the season prior, I don't draft him. I just don't. Uh, not confident in that, uh, especially with a running back. When he's uh, jukes and twists and turns as much as he does, his knees make me nervous. Arms are weak, <laughs> knees are heavy. That's what I think about. Uh, spaghetti. Let's talk about the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles. Talk about a drama... Trauma-filled team this past offseason. I feel like I haven't heard more about the... I, I've heard more about the Eagles than any other team. Actually, all 31 really combined. It seems really? like... You think that there's been that much geez, emphasis Yes, on the man. Eagles? Every time I freaking... Well, okay. I think earlier, like... Earlier when this new, you know, the new league started, I think, yes. I think, yes, it's now it's tapered off. Now we hear a lot about the Patriots or... Look, we're on the TV. Look, we're watching freaking NFL Network right now. They're literally talking about the Eagles as we are sitting here. Didn't plan that. I think Devontae Smith, the fact that they got him in the draft, man, uh, why did you wait so long to get a wide receiver that's not the best, the, you know, the best wide receiver in the draft? I'm really worried about his size. Devontae Smith, what he did in college and achieved at Alabama, that's great. But he's not going from an Alabama to another Alabama. He's going from Alabama to like Colgate or something. I mean, it's just like, they're the Eagles are not good. You have players like Zach Ertz doesn't want to be there anymore. Lane Johnson's kind of like fed up with a couple stuff. Miles Sanders, if he can stay healthy, because uh, he got hurt last season. Mm. Um, there's just a lot of question marks here defensively. I don't even want to get into it because I think defensively they are a poop. There, I mean, there's some uh, Fletcher Cox is he, he's one of the best in the NFL. But outside of that, who's their backup you know, quarterback? Uh, well, remember, they just acquired, they traded for Gardner Minshew. Look, I love Gardner Minshew's personality, but, I mean, we know he's not starting quarterback material. You so, did, did you see his comment when the media asked him a couple of weeks ago, um, and when he said that he hasn't taken a crap uh, in weeks because he doesn't plan on being number two? Who? Gardner Minshew. Well, when he's talking about <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. I love that answer. I haven't taken a crap in weeks because I don't plan on being number two. Uh, well, you are number two. It's just yeah. now it's in Philadelphia. 
that he's a great personality presence, but we know he's not a starting quarterback. No, he, he he's not. I like his mentality. I like his mustache outside of that. And it's too early for us mm. to really get any type of uh, read on Jalen Hurts because it wasn't until the end of this season, literally the end of the season last year, that he started. Yeah. So I got to reserve my judgment on the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurts. All right, last team up in the NFC East, we have the Washington football team. You know, Drew, the biggest news coming out of this team is their name change speculation. That is the most news that we have to share within this team. The defense is solid. Offensive weapons are great. Logan Thomas at tight end. Adam Humphreys, who came over from Tennessee. Terry McLaurin, one of the best wide receivers overall in the entire league. My problem? Quarterback. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starting quarterback. Do do these teams not watch film. Why does Ryan Fitzpatrick always get a job and a starting job? He has never done anything. He's never achieved anything in his career other than trying to get the most teams he's ever played for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think he's taken uh, that position away from Josh McCowan, uh, who's retired now. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's going to end up doing what he has done uh, with all the other teams. What he did with Miami, you start out strong and then the real fire Ryan Fitzpatrick, please stand up. About week six, week seven. Yeah. They're backup. You have Henneke as your backup. That's that that was the most surprising thing that I well, hey, look, they got Cam Newton. Ooh, Cam Newton has been released by the Patriots. Maybe they should go and search for him. Ryan Rivera was ah, look, he had right. Ryan Rivera as his head I mean, coach. That would that would be a good acquisition, this to be is, honest. This but, is all coming but Cam to me is, as I'm sitting here. But Cam He I may not want to work with Ron Rivera, but this yeah. is look, you if if Cam goes to Washington, he is guaranteed the starting position right there. Yeah. Now, granted, it's we're approaching week one. It may be a little bit for him to transition with the playbook. But if he was to go to Washington, he's he's the starting quarterback. I have just offered that piece of information as I'm sitting here. Washington, take up on it. Uh, defensively, that's not the problem. They're going to have one of the best off defenses in the league. If you're looking for a defense on fantasy, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but Washington... That is what we do to wrap up the NFC East. Yeah, and with Washington, you talked about the wide receivers. Who's going to play slot? Adam Humphreys or Curtis Samuel? They both are slot wide receivers. Mm-hmm. One of them is going to have to play on the outside, side, opposite side of Terry McLaurin. I think Curtis Samuel has a better shot at it. I think with Adam, his is because last year he didn't play a lot because he had a the gruesome, dirtiest, gruesome. dirtiest hit that wasn't even flagged. That concussion. It's insulting. It's insulting he to missed half. He missed half the season because of that concussion. Mm-hmm. Antonio Gibson's a good running back. Uh, J.D. McKissick. Logan um, Thomas, one of the best tight ends uh, in the league, yeah. I personally believe. He, he's Funny enough, he's not even really a tight end. Uh, he's a converted tight end. So that, and it's worked just, well for him. Yes, maybe Tim Tebow should have done that earlier in his career <laughs> and he'd still be playing because mm. they cut him. Oh, we haven't even talked about. So, like, let's go back. Dallas, what are the things we are looking forward to? Oh, I said that they're going to win the division. I'll talk about Philadelphia because I've already spoken on them. Eagles, I think if we if they can get around seven wins, I think that's a win for them. What do you, what about Dallas for you in, in Philadelphia? I think Dallas will be sniffing toward the – I think Dallas is the top of the division. Um, with the Eagles, again, I have to reserve because I don't know – we don't have much to discuss when it comes to Jalen Hurts starting. For the Giants – I think that their their question is it's impossible to have a 500 season, but they're going to be teetering at that point. I think they're going to be right below. I think that, that they're going to be they're going to be trying to push for a quarterback via trade or 
maybe try to go for Cam Newton. I think they have to. I think Washington needs to aggressively go after yeah, Cam I Newton. Think, I think, um, I think if, Cam is going to have no issue finding a job. If Cam, oh yeah, I agree with that. If Cam Newton ends up in Washington, mm, they're going to be, it's going to be Dallas and Washington seeing who takes that division. Yeah, I, I'd still have Dallas. I think if Dak Prescott is healthy the whole season, yeah, well, yes, no but, problem that they're going to Again, win. I have my reservation with his mental state. Washington has an extraordinary defense that only got better. That the division is in a much better place this year than they were last year. Overall, that's a that's a good sign for probably the largest fan base when it comes to uh, a division. Uh, so that's good. It's with America's team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, Justin Herbert, last year put on a freaking show. I've always been high on Justin Herbert. He's been someone that I'm going to root for for the end of time. Uh, I was big on him even before his rookie season. So he's going to be a quarterback, guys, that I'm going to root for at all times, and I want him to succeed. Austin Eckler, he's back. Justin Jackson's a really good backup to Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen, top 10 wide receiver that never gets any credit. Why the heck does no one give him credit? It's really annoying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike Williams, is he has a potential to be uh, even better. Yeah. Rashawn Slater getting him at left tackle to protect Justin Herbert was a good draft move. Uh, Brian Balaga in the offseason to get him from Green Bay. What a freaking move. I'm so happy that they were able to to get one of the best right tackles in all of the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very happy for them. I was surprised them. by that, 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 that Green Bay let him walk like that. Well, I mean, Green Bay, like I spoke about earlier, they don't like to spend money. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's Aaron Rodgers, even then, they don't want to spend as much money defensively. You have a new head coach in Brandon Staley, the defensive coordinator for the Rams, literally has to move across the hall, uh, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And think about that. You get a promotion, and you don't even have to move. This is perfect, even though they probably still move because the money he got. Defensively, man, if if Derwin James can just stay healthy, my goodness, I feel yeah. like he is hurt every stinking season. Yeah. Same with Joey Bosa. There's always something that's lingering with him. They are fine defensively. I'm not worried about it. I think Brandon Staley, their head coach, because in, in previous seasons, all they've been doing is having offensive-minded head coaches, and it hasn't worked for them. If if he can just improve the defense, even though it was pretty good last season, then Justin Herbert can remain as consistent and as good as he was. Fantasy, yeah. I made a trade for him, and it carried me into the playoffs, and I finished, I think, third. Mm-hmm. Third or fourth, I don't remember. I'm I'm so excited to see Justin Herbert under center. Look, Keenan Allen, best route runner in the entire league, and yet, yeah, he is so slept on. I don't know what it is. What do you think it is? is it he just doesn't have that. Yeah, it might be it's that he's not, be, he's not uh, he's talking quiet. all the time. He doesn't have this huge brand that he's trying to push. He, I, I think that's his thing is he doesn't have that excessive ego. Um, but Keenan Allen, local boy, by the way, the best route runner in the entire league, Austin Eckler. I've talked about him in podcast uh, previously. He's also slept on, uh, when it comes to fantasy this year, his stock will probably drop. Uh, but nevertheless, he's at least a good, uh, running back too. with the chargers. I, I'm excited for them in the division where the chargers are headed. I really like them to compete. I think that they're going to finish second in the division. I think yeah. they might be able to compete for that last playoff spot. you think might, I think they will. I think they well, absolutely the thing will is, compete. but I was talking about earlier with the Patriots, the Patriots are good too. And there's, I think there's going to be four teams trying to compete for that last playoff and spot. And that's, and that's the AFC for you this year. Yeah. It's, it's much more difficult. The thing is there's one extra playoff spot and there's going to be a team that I, I am guaranteed that's going to be like that's what happened. You know, t- be like nine and eight. 
yeah. or 10 and seven. That's what happened last playoffs. year when the bears had the last um, wild card spot in the NFC. They lost where, and still went in. <laughs> yeah. They, they had a losing record and there were AFC teams that had better records and yet, but that's how it works. And that happens all the time. We can't do this. Like what ifs and stuff. You yeah. just got to play it's your just, schedule and yeah, that's how it works. Play your schedule, but it's still interesting to talk about. So the Las Vegas Raiders uh, last year, the defense was a massive problem, but adding Yannick Ngakwe, Casey Hayward, uh, drafting Trayvon Moring in the draft. Those were big additions to this defense. I'm very impressed with how much emphasis uh, John Gruden uh, has put because he is in charge of the, the roster. John Gruden put on the defense. Derek Carr, he has everything he needs. He has the one of the best, and this helps from my fantasy, one of the best tight end slash weapons in general. Darren Waller, who had... Spoiler ins- alert. Dan drafted him pretty early. No, I didn't. Yeah, you know why I did? Because of the weapon that he is. Look, <laughs> he is he's in a similar situation as Travis Kelsey. He is a tight end, but he is a number one target on yeah, that roster. That's true. He's the number one target on the Raiders. Yes, that's I guess, fair. Yeah, thank you. And I also tra- um, drafted um, TJ Hawkinson, and one of the guys in our group was like, "Ooh, I don't have a tight end." So in the middle of in the middle of us drafting, he did a trade with me. That worked. Anyways, I'm big on tight ends as targets. I think they're slept on. Derek Carr has everything that he needs in Las Vegas in terms of weapons, in terms of an offensive line who's going to keep him upright. There is no excuse this year for the Las Vegas Raiders not to be able to compete. I think the only thing that they really lack on is the offensive uh, side of the ball, more so wide receiver. I think, yes, Darren Waller is a great tight end. I think you could make an argument that he's the best in the league. Uh, I think that still belongs to Travis Kelsey. But the fact that Henry Ruggs III is your best wide receiver does not give me confidence. Because if you look at teams like the Tennessee Titans or even Kansas City, Henry Ruggs III wouldn't even be the third wide receiver. He'd be the fourth. So yeah, I, I, there's I can, nothing wrong yes. with him, but mm-hmm. I'm just saying is there's not a lot of depth there. There, there is not. Yes. Uh, there are wide receivers, you know, Hunter Renfro. He's a great slot. Um, Henry Ruggs. He, this is only his second season. I, I can agree with that. And that'll, that'll probably be the glaring issue this year. I think so. Uh, for I think, that, for that and, team. And Derek had uh part of the season where he was really good. He did. Like played the best of his career. Um, they did choke toward the end of the season. They were in a the playoff. Dolphins. They were in a playoff position. And they choked the last four weeks of the season and completely missed playoffs. And when they had, I think it was Monday Night Football against the Dolphins, where it was the ridiculous two minutes, uh, last the two minute um, yeah. of the game. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick had that amazing pass that, that really was the nail in the coffin for the Raiders. But yeah. that defense, they shouldn't have given that up. Anyways, the Raiders, what I see for this next season, it, it's hard. I don't, I think they'll come in third. They're going to come in third. And it's going to be, like you said, yeah. the, the wide receiver is going to be the glaring issue for them. They're trending in the right direction defensively. Offensively, when you don't have substantial talent at wide receiver, that's going to hurt them. So I'm going to give, I'm going to foreshadow. I'm going to basically predict what's going to happen to the Raiders. There's going to be a part of the season that they do well, that people are going to say, man, the Raiders are back. Then they're going to go through this episode. And then suddenly they're going to blame the defense. John Gruden's going to say, well, it's our defense's fault. Uh, it's their fault, blah, 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 blah. Defensive coordinator is probably going to get fired and they're still going to have offensive issues. That's how it's going to happen. It seems like it always happens with the Raiders. Um, But let's talk about the Broncos. I think if you, Dan, if you ask me which wide receiver core or which, you know, which group of wide receivers on a team that you think that people are sleeping on, it's the Broncos. Really? Do you tell me? The problem is, the problem is, though, 
Hey. Hey. The problem is, though, is that you have no quarterback that's able to show how underrated this wide receiver core is. Cortland Sutton is going to be back. Spoiler alert, guys. I drafted him pretty high this year because I think he can be very good. He just got hurt last season. Jerry Judy had a good, decent season. Tim Patrick showed really good spurts um, of his ability uh, last season. The fact that Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are your options, and I don't honestly, I don't know who's going to start right now. Well, Teddy Bridgewater um, already been named starter. Okay, well, so then that's news that I didn't know. Thanks for breaking it to me, Dane. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, Noah Fant, he's a good tight end. I think uh, there's a really good potential there. Defensively, I don't know. I think defensively they're just a bunch of old guys. Uh, remember, Bradley Chubb got hurt last season. Kyle Fuller came over from Chicago, which was huge for them. The fact that the Bears let Kyle Fuller walk, I understand that Kyle Fuller wanted money, but for him to go to the Broncos on a one-year deal for $9.5 million, they should go to jail for robbery because he is a great talent and I think a massive pickup for them defensively for the Broncos because, like I said, I think collectively the Broncos are a little old. Can they play like they did when they were a top defense back in like the 2015, 16, 17? No, I don't think they're going to be that good. Offensively, as far as running the ball, you know, you have your Melvin Gordon and your Royce Freeman. I'm not too scared about them. So Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, you're going to have to carry a massive load this season. If you, you know, say Teddy Bridgewater, I, I really hope that he remains a starter throughout the whole season, but I don't have confidence that he's able to do that. He didn't play exceptionally well in Carolina last season, which is why they traded him. They said, peace out. We'll acquire Sam Darnold, who we think is better than you, and you can go to another team. Going forward, I do think that they are definitely going to finish last in the, the division. I think <laughs> I think they're going to finish last in the AFC you West. Really? Um, or at, Well, they can even tie for last, so I think them and the Raiders. You know uh, how I'm reading nothing but headlines saying that with Teddy Bridgewater under center that they are a playoff team. Bull crap. Who said that? Well, you're well. One of someone that you truly love, Bucky Brooks, is one of them. No, <laughs> no, they are I, not a playoff team. They are not a playoff team. Whatever. Book yeah. it now on this episode on September second, twenty twenty one. That Drew is marking the the Denver Broncos is not a playoff team. They're not even a wild card team. Not going to get close to it. I think they're going to get six wins. All right, so episode 53 of the podcast, Drew has said that the Broncos will not make the playoffs. Nope. Spoiler alert for next so next week. To wrap up the AFC West, a similar situation as last week. Lucky for me to get the both Super Bowl teams back to back. Talked about the Bucks last week, Kansas City this week. The waters are very still in Kansas City. They are this they are the fountain city. They have more fountains in the city of Kansas City than any other city in the world. Fun fact, if you didn't know that. That's why it's in Kauffman Stadium, is because they have a ton of fountains. Uh, there's the, uh, that's an w- interesting uh, factoid about your city. We have more fountains than any other city in the world. Kansas City, the waters are still. And you know what, Drew? That's scary for the other 31 teams. Yeah. Nothing has changed with Kansas City defensively and offensively this past season that is going to be significant. Obviously, you have 53-man roster, depth, depth positions, ebb and flow. Offensively and defensively, their talent has returned just like with the Buccaneers this past year, I think Kansas City, uh, obviously, they're taking that division. That We don't even need to wait for next week for us to dis- discuss that. But they're going to the AFC Championship again this year. It's kind of like with the Patriots. You get tired of seeing the same teams over and over again. 
So we hope off we hope within the AFC that some teams like the Bills, like the Browns, like the Titans will knock them off in the first round. That'd be nice. That would be nice uh, to get some new fl- some new fresh blood. You have teams like the Titans, like the Browns, like the Bills. All three, the three other teams, I won't even say Ravens, but the other three teams in the AFC who are doing extremely well, none of those three have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And I think the biggest improvement for Kansas City is their offensive line. They knew that it was an issue last year. They knew that they could not compete with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Their offensive line was getting beat left and right, upside and down. Mm-hmm. They drafted Creed Humphrey in the draft. They got Trey Smith, who I think in the sixth round that they were able to get him was a steal. They had a lot of people had problems because of his heart or something like that, which is important. I get it. But he was a top offensive line in college football at the University of Tennessee. And for them to get him at a late round like that was a huge acquisition for them. I like it. I think offensively they made a massive improvement. Remember, they also acquired Orlando Brown from the, from the Baltimore Ravens mm-hmm. for a first-round pick. That's why they didn't have a first-round pick this year. Right. So they have done everything. They got Joe Tooney in, in with New England. Mm-hmm. They have revamped this offensive line. They said, we are weak in this area. We need to address it. They've done that. And I think that they are going to go back to the Super Bowl right now based on who they were able to keep, who they were able to add. I wouldn't say that they completely revamped their offensive line. They beefed up their offensive line. Well, okay. I mean, that's because... You know, Joe Tooney is a great talent, but there that was not a absolute glaring need within the overall team. It was the weakest part of their team, but I don't think it was really. It no, cost, I think I think it, the no. offensive line was the biggest area of concern for this. Yeah, team. In, re- in relation yes, for sure. in relation to everything else, but it wasn't truly exposed until they played yeah. the best defense in the Super well, Bowl. But, but that's what they need to do. They know that they have the ability to go back to the Super Bowl. So what can yes. we do to beat the team that beat us? Yes. That's changed the offensive line. I'm just saying, I, I don't think yeah. that it was like, um, you know, they, they didn't have one of the worst offensive lines in the league, but they, they beefed up what they had. Yeah. Uh, last division in the NFL, NFC West, talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Man, I enjoy watching them play football. I think Trey Not Lance. this year. No, I am excited for Trey Lance. I love Trey Lance. I'm high on him. Sign me up. I'm all aboard the choo-choo Trey train. I just made that up. The choo-choo Trey train. Look at that. See? I'm smart. Okay. Well, you can start putting that on our Instagram post. You The choo-choo Trey train. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's that's actually a good idea, Dan. Thanks for giving it to me. I'm very high on him. I think offensively they're fine. George Kittle, arguably... Man, it's hard. If he can stay it's healthy. It's hard. If if he can stay healthy, that's Darren Waller or George Kittle. Man, that is tough. I probably have to go Overall, with George. George Kittle's the I, best. I would have to say, receiver. yeah, because he I mean, tight end. Because he can block. He's he's the best blocking tight end by far. Um, if you want a blocking tight end, you can throw Travis Kelsey to the curb because he cannot block. Running backs are fine. Raheem Mostert, he's good. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, they're good tight they're 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 good wide receivers. I don't know, though. I think that I have to see more of them to really make a decision. Defensively, you missed half your roster, and you were still one of the best defenses in the league. Nick mm-hmm. Bosa is going to be back. Really excited to see him play a, another full season. I, I want to see what he's fully capable against teams that um, that are playing in the NFC West as far as offensive line. I think he's going to wreak havoc on them because NFC West is not good or not known for the offensive lines as a whole. Really look forward to Trey Trey Lance. 
So, Drew, right now, I believe the 49ers have Jimmy Garoppolo listed as their starting quarterback. Question for you, since we still have another week, or it won't be till next week that we start the season, how long does it take before they name Trey Lance their starter? Does does Jimmy Garoppolo start any regular season games as a starter? Yeah, ask me the questions. You know, earlier this week, 49ers and Kyle Shanahan said that Trey Lance is going to be out about a week or two because he's got something in his finger. Even even that, I still think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo has had plenty of time to show. He's given enough information for you to make the determination if he's going to be the future or not. Right now, he's not. I think Trey Lance showed some incredible spurts within the preseason games he was in. So I, I, I want him to be the starter. And I, I think maybe right now, Jimmy is going to be the week one starter based on Trey Lance's finger and what's going on with that. A chip in the finger? I, I think by week two or three, three at the latest, Trey Lance will be the quarterback. I wonder if any point in the offseason, the 49ers in Washington had a conversation about taking Jimmy to Washington. Because he's not the starter. I mean, you don't draft a quarterback that high without making him the starter. Okay. So, Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't even know if that was even a conversation they had with Washington. Uh, San Francisco, you were correct. They had so many injuries. Uh, I said earlier this is an exciting team, but as you as you were talking, you coerced me into it. This is an exciting team. Um, however, Drew, let me ask you this question. I, I'm covering two teams. I have the Seattle Seahawks, and I also have the Los Angeles Rams. I'm going to name some names, and Drew, I want you to tell me which team these players are on. Okay. Puna Ford, Carlos Dunlap, Jordan Brooks, Cody Barton, Akella Witherspoon, Keandre Diggs. Well, I know they play for the Seahawks because uh, Carlos Dunlap went to Seattle in free agency, I think. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that name. Yeah, as soon as I <laughs> that said, spoiled it for me. As soon as I said that name, I was like, ooh, he'll know who that is. But yeah. did you know who the other guys were? Uh, the first name that you said... Um, Puna Ford. Puna Ford, I've heard of him. The other one's Jordan so Brooks, much. Cody Jordan Barton. Brooks, yeah, I've heard of him. Cody Barton. He he sounds like Cody Cody Park. Park is it it's Parky? Park, it's Parky. No, that's who I'm thinking Akella about. Witherspoon, Keandre Diggs. Did you know who those the, that I may have heard of him, but no, I couldn't tell you. Okay, well, that's the starting defense for the Seattle Seahawks. And the, it was bad last year. It was so. bad last year, and it's going to be bad again this year. That's Seattle's problem. Uh, they they scored so many points offensively last year that, that somewhat overshadowed uh, their bad defense, but it caught up to them at the end of the season. Seattle, your your biggest point, your strongest part of your roster is your offense, but they have so many questionable injuries on the offensive line uh, that they have to worry about. Defensively, you have Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are two great leadership presence within your defense. Um, but Seattle, I think you're looking up in the division. Clearly, you're looking up in this division this year. Last year was a little different. Uh, but with the Rams, who I'll just talk about, or I'll talk about in a moment, Seattle, that's what I see for this season. You are going to be itching to get that last playoff spot uh, in the wild card. Uh, but Seattle, yeah, you're looking up in this division this year. Yeah, think, a lot of it has to do with the defense is not; it's still not great. I think with the Niners, I see them being third in the division, if not fourth, uh, as good as they are, especially defensively. Depending though, if Trey Lance is a starter, I think that they can be around that second spot within the division. Um, I think that they can be a good wild card. But overall, team. this might, is this is one of the yeah, best divisions in the entire league. It is. It's very top complete. to bottom. I think 
if you guys haven't started your drafts yet, Tyler, Tyler Lockett, please, everything, yes. guys, try to make a play for him because I think he's wildly underrated. DK Metcalf is going to get a ton of attention over there. Mm-hmm. And who likes throwing the ball deep uh, to Tyler Lockett? Russell Wilson does. So yep. if you can pair those two up, that's a good. I'm not a huge fan in pairing up wide receivers and quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks only because – to me, in my experience, they haven't done well together. It seems like every time, like if, if I start Tyler Lockett mm-hmm. and have Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf has a big game. Yeah. Just for me, that's always worked. Now, I know some players like our buddy Michael, he drafts, always drafts two wide receivers on the same team. Don't know why he does that. It's just something that well, he does. We had someone else. Chris said that that is a, that is a, a fallacy that if you... Um, draft two on that it's going to affect, it's going to take one from the other. That's that, that's, that's when someone says that they haven't played fantasy before then, or at least they haven't played it well, because that is crap. There's no, there's no team in the NFL where you are going to get consistent productions of the same two wide receivers, wide receivers on the same team throughout the season. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You might have a game or two where they both do well, but that's not how well, it works. Michael's argument was, I made it, I was in third place. I'm like, but your roster wasn't solely based off of those two positions. Yeah, you had other, you're not, nobody wins their fantasy off of just two players. I, I this was the first year, Drew, that I actually broke my own rule because I do the same thing. I do not draft weapons and quarterbacks together. Uh, but this is the first year I, I drafted Matt Stafford as my quarterback and I picked up Robert Woods as my wide receiver. Uh, but you have your last team is Arizona Cardinals, and I'll wrap it up with the Rams. Cardinals, I don't know. I'm still not high on Kyler Murray. I know a lot of people uh, like him. I just uh, – uh, there's nothing right now that's, like, tickling my fancy about him. I think Chase Edmonds is a good running back. They got James Conner uh, in the offseason. A.J. Green looking to rejuvenate his career after a disappointing finish in Cincinnati. DeAndre Hopkins, we know what he's capable of. Christian Kirk is a is a really good slot wide receiver who's who's quick. I, defensively, I really like Zayvon Collins. I think that was a great, great pickup for them in the draft. Uh, Isaiah Simmons is someone that they drafted early last year. Chandler Jones always up there with some of the highest sack um, you know numbers in the league. And then your biggest offseason acquisition, JJ Watt. What is he going to do defensively for the Cardinals? You have to get after the quarterbacks. You must get after Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford shows that he can still run. Mm-hmm. And then you have Trey Lance. If he's a starter, he's quick and agile too. You got to get after them. To wrap it up, um, I'm also in the same boat with you with the Cardinals. I think people, I, to be honest, I think they're a little overrated. That's my personal opinion. I think they're a little overrated. I think that the best team in the division is the last team, is, and that's the L.A. Rams. Picking up Matthew Stafford in the trade uh, for Jared Goff to the the Lions was a great addition. I said last week that I'm more excited than any other team to see what happens with the Panthers. And I have to put uh, another team there with them, and that's the Rams. I'm so excited to see what happens with the Rams this year with Matthew Stafford. has nothing to do with my fantasy. Defensively, Jalen Ramsey. You have Aaron Donald, um, uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, I'm excited for this defense. Offensively, you couldn't ask for much better for Matthew Stafford to go from the Lions to the Rams with all these weapons. Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. Uh, you have Andrew Whitworth as your left tackle. That is a great um, thing for for Matthew Stafford to have. So I think that they are at the top of the division at this point. Uh, the LA Rams, I'm excited to see what they do this season. 
thing is with the Rams, if they can finish or, or play this season like they did toward the end of last season, I think that they're going to be a great defense. They have a, a lot of good players. But during the course of last season, there were some parts where they were giving up a ton of points, which was abnormal to who they were. You know, they gave up 32 to Buffalo. They gave up 28 to Arizona at one point, 24 to Tampa Bay. Now, I, I will acknowledge this, though. The Buffalo and the Tampa Bay are some of the best teams in the NFL. So I, I understand that aspect, but they just need to play like they did toward the end of the season. If their defense plays like they did against the Jets, there's some some concern. Yeah, but, but that's if they an play anomaly. like they did against Seattle when they won twenty to nine, I'm very high on them defensively. Aaron Donald deserves to be the number two player in all of the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes uh, when they did the NFL Top 100. He's the best defensive player in the NFL. And I wouldn't even say it was close. I think he's far and away better than everybody. He's going to finish as one of the best players in NFL history if his career continues to trend like it is now. All right, right? Drew, that, that seems like we wrap up the episode. Let's look, we got a jam-packed episode. Next Thursday, we'll briefly discuss the FedEx Cup uh, situation where the best player throughout the entire season. Then we will jump straight into our fantasy. We'll talk about our predictions for the season it is going to be an awesome episode next week. Yeah, again, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on about golf, uh, but we want to make it as jam-packed with football as possible because, guys, remember, next Thursday, when the podcast drops for episode 54, the new league starts. The Dallas Cowboys yep. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, sorry, defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady's on a quest for his eighth Super Bowl. Crazy. See you guys next Thursday. Much love. Thanks for listening to The Dan and Drew Show. Catch all our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at The Dan and Drew Show. We'll catch you next week for your weekly hit on all things sports. Signing off.